thank you, everybody. If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, we're going to be turning to Psalm 136 this morning uh, as we begin what will be a two-week conversation about uh, a very timely theme that the Bible um, has no shortage of words uh, about. So again, if you have a Bible, Psalm 136, we're going to read the first nine verses. We'll be turning over um, or looking over um, at the next page at Psalm 138 in a little bit. Um, so we'll be camping out around this portion of the Bible today. So hope that uh, you'll turn there and follow along with me. These two chapters are sort of siblings um, in, in terms of the theme that they deal with and the message that they give us. So I think it'll be um, a good time in God's word today. So Psalm 136, verse number one through nine, God's word says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. I'll give thanks to the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. I'll give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Uh, before we even begin our conversation around this text, you can probably guess the theme as it's been pretty obviously stated. Before we dig in though, I wanna put a question out there uh, that I think all of us can relate to. Um, can you remember being told uh, or being taught to say or tell them, whoever them is, to say or tell them thank you when you were little. I think everybody can remember that. Maybe you were told that more often than maybe others were told. But all of us can remember being little, been or being children, and maybe it, we're adults and people still nudge us and say, hey, say thank you. I don't know, no, no, no judgment there. But I'm sure all of us can remember, I think some people outside driving by are saying, yeah, I remember that. I think we all can remember that because all of us can relate to being little, to being a kid, maybe this time of year, holiday season, birthday, whatever it is, or just someone doing something nice for us. Uh, and somebody whispered to us, maybe loudly said it to us, nudged us along the way and said to us something or a, a, another, say or tell them thank you. Or maybe they said it in, in a more kind of condescending way, you know, what do you say? And we would kind of hold our heads down and say, thank you, as if we needed that reminder. Um, I'm sure you can remember being taught that. I'm sure you probably can remember telling your own kids that. Um, I think some people, um, I think all of us uh, remember being taught to say thank you at some point or another, and most likely we can recall being told that quite often. Um, there are probably some point in time where we did not have to be reminded that anymore, uh, probably because we were saying it at the appropriate time. Um, this might be, this might be that we all share and remember this and have this experience as a part of our upbringing. This might be one of the most telling things about human nature. Uh, this might be the common denominator that so many of us miss that informs us that we all share a nature at our core. Every one of us, if we're not taught to do this one thing, our entire disposition, I'm not overstating that, our entire posture hangs in the balances of being taught to do this one thing. 
This is why no matter what a, par- what a parent or guardian's morals are, no matter what their values are, no matter what their religion is or faith is, everybody knows that it's an essential thing to do or impart to your children or to teach your children because the concept that goes along with this is crucial in how we learn to perceive life. The short of it is, if we are not taught to say thanks, we won't. If we are not taught to be thankful, we won't be thankful. As we get older, we may think that this is not a true statement. We may think thankfulness and gratitude, they're feelings, they're reactions that I naturally have when people do things for me. And from that line of thought, the reason we aren't thankful in some cases, we think, well, the reason I don't say thank you sometimes is because I'm not thankful. I didn't like what happened, and I don't really think there's anything good that took place. But if you trace it all the way back to when you were little, when you got a present as a kid, you felt good because you were happy about the gift, but you still had to be taught to say thank you to the person that gave you the gift. You see, over time, we begin to associate feeling good about the gift with feeling grateful towards the giver. So now we think thankful is a feeling. It's really just a result of our feeling good about whatever happened. I make this distinction to make this point. Thankful and grateful are not and never have been natural reactions or feelings to good things. They are decisive, learned responses because you had to be taught to say thank you you had to be taught to be thankful and for that reason thankful and grateful are choices we make and expressions we choose to exhibit they are not instinctive We have never and will never feel them naturally. They are always postures we choose to take, responses we choose to make. This understanding of what thanksgiving and gratitude are um, all about has the potential and power to change how we perceive every given situation and season that we face. Again, think about it. We are taught as children to give thanks so that we might show respect to the giver and gain perspective of what it meant to receive that and how we should own it and and use it. So by learning the principle of thanksgiving, by learning the principle of thanksgiving, we are protected from being entitled and conceited. Now this is why, most likely, this is why your parents taught you to say thank you because they didn't want to, they didn't want to end up with having to deal with you if you were not full of thanksgiving, right? We learn to be thankful and the reason why it's so important to, to teach thanksgiving is it protects us from becoming entitled and conceited. Now this is not even spiritual. This is just normal, real human advice, right? Thanksgiving protects us from becoming entitled as in expecting the universe to always put what we need in front of us. It protects us from being conceited as in intending on considering ourselves only as we possess whatever is in our hands. Our nature is so that if we do not learn to be thankful, we will be entitled and conceited. That is something that we all should, that is a trajectory that we all will go down if thanksgiving does not save us, which results in everything being understood as a commodity. If we become entitled and conceited, we see everything as commodities at our disposal, and that way of living is just not sustainable. Because here's what happens if we become entitled and conceited. Eventually, we will become miserable 
Not to mention miserable to be around, right? That's not the sermon though. We will become miserable if we end up entitled and conceited. If we become entitled and conceited, we will eventually become very frustrated with how the world works. That's why it's so important on those occasions when we can be thankful towards specific people about specific things, it can be life-saving to say those two words, thank you. Because those occasions are opportunities to purge that entitled and conceited nature within us because we're informing our heart and we're protecting our mind from misinterpreting the things that have been done for us because our mind will do that. Saying thank you is more than just trying to be polite, though it is. Saying thank you can actually be life-saving. Thankfulness saves us from the misery that lies at the end of entitledness and conceitedness, a place of discontentment, a place of hollowness and emptiness. It causes us to pause and appreciate where a gift comes from, where a gift comes from, and even better, why the gift came to us. Saying thank you is more than just an expression. It's a transformation from self-centeredness to self-awareness. This is important. It transforms our minds from thinking about what, what I'm going to do with something to why did I even get it and how do I fit into the larger universe of course, that doesn't always revolve around you or me. Who knew, who knew that two little simple words could have this much of an impact on our hearts and minds? But they absolutely do. And we've just scratched the surface, uh, really, because as we zoom out and consider faith in our relationship with God, this becomes even more serious and more important to get right. I've just been given life advice so far, but or, you know, normal everyday human to human life advice, but this is gonna get, become even more important as we bring our faith into the conversation. So we're talking about the concept of thanksgiving, number one, because the Bible talks about it all over the scripture. Number two, because thanksgiving, a holiday, is less than two weeks away, and thanksgiving is a holiday that our country has celebrated in some shape or form, not always on the fourth Thursday in November, but in some shape or form, thanksgiving is a holiday that has been celebrated in our country since the earliest of days, and we're spending two Sundays talking about it because it's that important. Um, the very fact that a day was set aside to instruct and encourage to give, giving thanks on a national level um, further adds to the idea that thankfulness is a learned behavior. Makes sense, right? There was a day set aside to encourage it because it might not happen if somebody doesn't nudge us along to do it, right? It, the leaders that instituted this holiday were doing what every parent has done uh, and most likely did to them what every parent has done and does on a regular basis to their children. This holiday looks at us and asks us the question, have you said thank you lately? Not just with reference to our family, our neighbors, or our national leaders, but the holiday was particularly established to call the nation to a place of thanksgiving before God, to praise and worship its God. The founding fathers of our nation were doing what leaders in almost every startup nation have done for the last 2,000 years in Western civilization, taking a page from the guidance God gave to Israel when it was just getting started in the Old Testament. And I want to show you some words that God gave to Israel as they were just getting established. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
This is what Moses said to the nation that God gave to Moses. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the hills and the valleys, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are of iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. So the first part of that verse is stating the obvious. When you get in this good land that God just described for you of all the good things, of course you're going to eat. And of course, for the first time in 40 years, you're going to be full. No more starving, no more scratching and, and try, scraping to get by. You're going to be in the land of milk and honey. And my goodness, it's going to be bliss. Everything you've dreamed of, it's going to be that and more. So of course, when you get there, you're going to eat and you're going to be full. And here's what else you should do. You shall, a commandment, Bless or thank the Lord your God. Again, why does it have to say that to us? Because we would not or they would not have done that naturally. See, this passage confirms that thankfulness is a learned behavior. You think, well, after they eat and they're full, of course they'll say thank you. Why wouldn't they say thank you? But here's something very important to, to consider. Being full does not naturally produce being thankful. In some cases, it may just lead to the opposite. See, Moses is telling the people, you're going to be in this land, you're going to have all this stuff, you're going to eat it and you're going to be full, but you must, you've got to say the words, thank you, Lord. Because being full does not and will not naturally produce being thankful. In some cases, it may just make the opposite true. And that's what the next part of that scripture addresses. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his rules, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord your God. <laughs> this is why we must be aware and we must be thankful, lest when we are full, we forget the Lord. You think, that wouldn't happen to me, Justin. That has never happened to me. I'm, maybe if you're being honest, hopefully we're being honest. That's never happened to me. How could that happen to Israel? How in the world would they forget? Be careful lest you forget our words that confirm forgetfulness is a far more likely reaction to blessings than thankfulness. Now, we, we know somebody this applies to, but this applies to all of us if we're being honest, right? The fact that God had to say to them right after saying you're going to get in the land and, and enjoy the blessings, be careful lest you forget are confirming words that forgetfulness is far more likely a reaction to blessings than thankfulness. None of us want to admit it, but it's so true. Thankfulness is a learned behavior. It is not natural. 
And what's also true is that if we do forget it, we will become entitled, we will become conceited, and in the end, no matter how full we may be, we will be miserable on top of it, insatiable and without contentment. You see, all throughout the Bible, we find this commandment, this teaching, this, this word from God that says in some way or another, give thanks to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be thankful for and to God. So many of us assume and believe that being thankful to God is a reaction that we must feel, an expression that overflows from something within us. But as we've learned right off the bat, that's not the nature of thanksgiving, is it? And if it feels like it is to you, it's because somebody taught you so well. But if not for that teaching that semblance wouldn't even be there. So many of us have assumed that worship and praise and thanksgiving is all about emotion, our innermost response to what has happened, our given situation. But again, that's not how thanksgiving works. And if we think about this a little bit more, then it begins to make so much sense. The reason the Bible tells us again and again and again to be thankful is the same reason your mama or your daddy or your guardian told you again and again to be thankful because if we do not choose to be thankful, we will not be thankful. That's why the Bible says, be thankful again and again and again. Because if we do not choose to be, we will not be. Here's why the distinction we made earlier is so important, even more so when it comes to your faith and your relationship with God. If we only associate being thankful with feeling good about something that's happened to you, and we don't acknowledge that it's a choice we make, an unnatural, decisive response, if we only associate being thankful for when we feel like being thankful, we will begin to associate being thankful for and to God with feeling good about God and what he's done for us lately. And suddenly we'll only associate and make room for worship when we feel good or if it feels good. And when things are going good, even still, we're just as likely to take credit and make it all about us and make a bigger deal about the gift than we do about the giver. When you bring all this into view, it's no wonder our worship habits are so up and down in America, isn't it? It's no wonder, not just an American problem, it's a human problem. We have deceived ourselves into thinking that worship is only possible when we feel like it is. But didn't we learn from way, way back that's not how Thanksgiving works? Can I make a suggestion that so many of us don't know the joy of worshiping God because we've forgotten to say thank you way too many times? If we step back and hear the Bible, what it says about giving thanks to God, I promise you it'll challenge all the assumptions you have about worship. And it'll also save you from a broken relationship with and posture before God. Because a lot of us, we only say thanks when we feel like there's something to be thankful for, when in reality we should know that there have been a lot more opportunities to worship God. There is a blessing, there is a blessing in understanding that our God is a good God and a sovereign God, no matter how good we've got it or how secure we've got it. There is a blessing in understanding that God is good and sovereign, something we sing about a lot, we talk about a lot, the Bible talks about it a lot. In Psalm 136, above all that it does, it presents us a God 
the one true and only God, it presents us and describes God as both good and sovereign. Everything that he does and everything that happens expresses his goodness and his sovereignty. Now, there's no asterisk on everything. Everything expresses his goodness and his sovereignty. See, unlike Deuteronomy 8, Psalm 136 doesn't just call for thanksgiving because the blessings God has given us that we can possess and consume about Israel in the good land. Psalm 136 reminds us that we should glorify God on the basis of God himself and the life that he's given us because whether it feels good or not, God is always good. And whether we love everything we face or not, God is still Lord over it all. Church, I know this is, it's easy to say this and, and, and agree with this in the moment when things feel good and when things are going good, but this is something that we have got to wrap our hearts around so that when we do not feel good and when we do not like what we're facing, we still are grounded on this truth. God is always good. God is always Lord. And even when it looks like what is going on underneath him is not what we would expect God to be sovereign over or authorize, God is still Lord over it all. So Psalm 136, among many other passages, tell us, command us, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is Lord over all. He's put everything in motion around us and even more to the finer details, he is Lord over it all. Do you know what this means? Under the banner of a good and sovereign God, the Bible calls for unconditional, unquestionable. I wanted to leave that word out, but I think it's important. The Bible calls for unconditional, unquestionable thankfulness. And if our God is unconditionally, unquestionably good and sovereign, then we should have no trouble at all giving him unconditional, unquestionable praise. But the truth is, and we're all friends here so we can be honest, the truth is we do have trouble being thankful through it all, don't we? Because we don't always see the good and we don't always agree with his plans. Even though the Bible is consistent in its message, we are inconsistent in our feelings, in our circumstances, but where we go wrong, where we always go wrong, where it's so easy to go wrong is we allow our emotions and reactions to hold hostage thankfulness. All the while, we're costing ourselves confidence and joy. You see, if our God is good and sovereign, then no matter what he gives us or doesn't give us, no matter where he leads us or doesn't lead us, we remain confident that he has a plan and is good through it all and that we're better off. But if we do not say this out loud, often, again and again, if we do not say this out loud, if we do not thank him regularly and audibly, we won't be thankful. And if we're not thankful, our hearts will not be full. There is a connection between thankfulness and the fullness of peace, 
joy, and hope in our hearts from God. There is an undeniable connection between our thankfulness and how full our hearts are of the things that only God can give us. Saying thank you is a way of attaching your affection to God, grounding and hardwiring your perspective to God's. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because otherwise, why would the Bible tell us again and again and again, be thankful? We, we never find a, a page or two that doesn't say that. And we never, I don't think I ever read it and say, well, okay, God, I've got it. I, I don't need you to tell me that anymore because I need that reminder. We all do. Psalm 136 is one of the many attempts to lead us in a place of worship and thanksgiving with this reminder that our God is good and sovereign no matter what. Psalm 138 is a sister psalm, a follow-up psalm, a response to the commandment that was given to be thankful. Again, Psalm 136 was written, we believe, by David's worship team, calling the nation to give thanks. It was a song that was sang all throughout Israel's history. You can read the books of Chronicles, you read Ezra and Nehemiah, they were singing this song because this was written by David's worship leaders so that the nation would have an easy, rememberable song to, be, to, 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 to praise God with. Of course, the words are very appropriate. But Psalm 138 is David himself expressing his own thanks. The, the worship team has called the nation to praise God. David says, I will praise God. I will lead to be an example of what it looks like to praise God in all things. So follow along with me as we hear David's response, verses 1 and 2 of 138. David says, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will, notice the, the will is David making a point that he's making a decision to do this. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name. Now, right off the bat, there's an obvious connection between David's heart being whole, David's heart being full and his choice to worship God. I think he wants us to figure that out along the way. David says in verse number two, he turns toward God. He focuses on God's unrelenting love and his unwavering truth. And look at verse three. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. So what's David referring to? In the day that I said, thank you, you made me bold, you made me strong. So David tells us that as he's come to rely on God and give thanks to God, God has made him confident and bold. So what, is David, so what is David thankful for? He's thankful for knowing that God is his God, that a relationship cannot be taken away between he and God. He's thankful for God's goodness and God's sovereignty. And notice verse 2 and 3 reveal this, that his worship... That worship is not based on emotion, but truth. This is so important. This flies in the face of every idea of worship in the 21st century. This is life-saving for our worship behavior, though. Worship is not based on how we feel. It's based on what is revealed in God's Word. It's not based, and I know so many of us, we've been so brainwashed by the world and by religion, we don't even think this is possible. This is a transformation that we can achieve, though. Worship is not based on what's happening in our lives, but it's based on what was written in God's Word. 
If you can ever take, take the idea of worship out of the first category into the second category, you will get a hold of the heart of God and your heart will be strengthened in ways you have never experienced before. Worship is not based on emotion. It's based on truth. The truth that God loves you. He's proven that love by Jesus dying for you on the cross. The worst possible occurrence took happened to the best person that's ever lived. Proving that God loves you and is seen and is visible in the worst of circumstances. The truth that God has forgiven you of your sins and raised Jesus from the dead to give you eternal life. That's the truth that worship is based on. Because that does not change. You change. I change. We feel good some days, feel bad the other days. I feel good and bad three times a day, back and forth. That's our nature. That's our weakness. But worship is not based on that. It's based on what's written in God's word. And what does that reveal in verse 3? David found strength in his soul when he learned to worship God based on his truth and his love. That's what verse 2 says. I praise your name because of your love and your truth that you have magnified in your word. So what is David anchoring his worship in? Not how he feels, not what's happened around him or what could happen around him or to him, but based on God's love, God's truth, and God's word. I don't know if, if there was a motive behind our mom and dad's or grandparents telling us to say thank you when we were little. I don't know what the motive was. Probably just to make us polite people, to keep us from being conceited and rude. But the motive behind the Bible telling us to give thanks to the Lord, even when we don't always feel like it, is to root our strength in the heart of God and to fill our souls with boldness and confidence that we will not find anywhere else. You know why this is so? Because again, we are pushing through all that tries to disconnect us from and detract us from God's goodness and sovereign plan. When we worship, we are communicating more to ourselves than anyone else. We are saying to our souls, do you realize what God has done and who God is? We're proclaiming God's truth and activating his power in our lives. David wrote this in another psalm, Psalm 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? He's talking to himself. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You see what David is saying to himself? I know it doesn't seem like there's good things going on and God's plan doesn't seem like it's what I would hoped it to be. But why are you letting what's apparent and what's visible take away from what God is doing behind the scenes and what we know about God as revealed in Scripture? You know what's stronger than your emotions? You know what has the power, more power than your perception? God's truth and God's perspective and purpose that is always guiding and protecting our lives, even when we cannot see it. Verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. These verses confirm that worship isn't just a natural reaction to a life that has got everything going the way we'd hope it would be. It's a concentrated effort to be thankful no matter what. Even when I go through the midst of trouble, David chooses to be thankful so that his heart might remain full. 
In verse 7, David is saying that even in the midst of trouble, I'm going to do what verse 1, what I said in verse 1. I'm going to be thankful. Why? Because he's anchored his faith in truth. Because God is good. Because God is sovereign. This is true even when we do not feel good and when we do not feel secure. Do you see why it's so important to worship God every single day, even on the worst day of your life? Let me just say this. Listen, as a pastor, I love you, and, I'm, and, and, and I care for you, and, and I, I try to be sensitive, so I'm never going to talk to you on the worst day of your life when everything is going wrong. I'm never going to say, you should be thankful. But God's word is going to say that to you. Right? When you've lost someone, when you're going through a season where everything is painful, I'm not going to say, hey, well, you should be thankful for this. Because again, who would say that? But the word of God says, I know it might be painful and might sound insensitive, but God is still good and God is still sovereign. And this train wreck that you may be experiencing right now is an attempt to take your faith out of the good and sovereign God who will not forsake you. lest we become entitled and conceited and miserable in our flesh and are cut off and blind to God's goodness. Church, if we, if there's ever an occasion when we believe that we shouldn't be thankful, we are saying that God is neither good nor sovereign. I, I just want you to be able to write that down and I want you to be able to look at that when you don't want to say thank you because of course we don't we don't believe that God is not good we don't believe that God is not sovereign we believe that God is good we believe that he is Lord we know that he is the, the cross proves it the cross proves when the best person that's ever lived suffered the worst nightmare ever taken place that God put the best on the cross and he suffered the worst to show us that he has a plan always that he's good always, that he might make room for those that are at their worst by giving them his best. But listen closely because this is so powerful and can mean the difference between peace and peril for you every single day, for every single one of us. The second we forgo thankfulness, we are lowering our guard for the enemy to destroy our hearts and minds. He is ready to do it too. When we are not thankful, we are focusing, we are not focusing on how good God is and how sovereign He is, and therefore our minds are vulnerable to temptation and lies that will fill them with the opposite of God's truth. Again, we wonder why the Bible is filled with so many passages that speak this message. Philippians 4 is something that we've all heard before. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or your ability to know that God has a plan, your ability to communicate that God is in control, that I'm gonna rejoice no matter what. I know it doesn't seem like the thing that you would do in a season like this, but I know God is at hand. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, so he's saying, I'm not telling you not to pray about something or ask God for help and, and, and comfort. Of course, do that. But thank him in the midst of it. And you know what happens if we do this? What does he say? 
the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, as in, of course, it doesn't make any sense. Because the devil would tell you it's not possible to find peace in the situation you're in. But the promise from God's word is the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Paul is aware of the battle that's at hand, and he tells us how to win it. What I hope this message and all the scripture we've looked at today can do for us is create that whisper in your ear every single day. Like your parents telling you every time you received a gift, say thank you. But this is even more important and more powerful and much more on the line, I think. Not just every time that something good happens or every time we agree with what's going on, but this is compelling us to say it early, often, and out loud. Thank you, Lord. The power of those words. We underestimate them. We'll close. Look at verse number eight. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not, or you will not, forsake the work of your hands. The phrase, the Lord will perfect, that speaks of completing or fulfilling. That God will work it out. He will perfect it. That phrase, that which concerns me, is meaning his plan for you. So a newer translation of that verse might would look like this. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. That's why we can be thankful even when we don't feel good or secure because God is still good and God is still sovereign. No matter what comes against us to try to challenge or frustrate his purpose, even if it's something in us, even if we are the something that frustrates his purpose, God's mercy is at work to redeem and restore his plans for us and right our path. Now, this verse might sound similar to a verse that we probably learned as early as we could learn Scripture. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. How do we know? Because God is good and God is sovereign and God can be trusted. His mercy endures forever. When everything bad is working against us, the God of all goodness and power is working for us. It's with this confidence, David proclaims, I will praise God with my whole heart. I gotta ask us, as we enter into this season of Thanksgiving, are we this determined in our worship? And this isn't just for this time of year. This is for every week, isn't it? This is why people quit going to church. This is why people fall out of walking with God because they don't realize that worship is not about how you feel. It's about what's revealed in God's word. And that is strong enough to anchor you even in the worst of situations. I know there's part of us that wonders, how can I be thankful in all things? I mean, all is a big word. It's a big statement. All things? All things? I mean, isn't there an asterisk there? You know, it's really quite simple, even if the enemy and your emotions tell you there's more to it. How can you be thankful in all things? You just say thank you. It's really that simple. Out loud, early, 
often, again and again, defiantly even. We make Psalm 138, 1 and 2, where David says, I will praise God. We make that our own, and the strength of verse 3, and the hope of verse 8, and the peace of Philippians 4, and the good of Romans 8 will be yours. How can we be thankful in all things? You, you, you just be thankful in all things. Don't overthink it. Say it whether you feel like it or not. Remind yourself and every devil around you that God is good, God is sovereign, even when we don't feel good, even when we're not secure. I'm telling you, our lives can change with a simple decision, with a decision to be thankful on the basis and confidence that God is faithful. You know, I guess what God's revealed to us today and what I hope that we would understand more than anything today is gratitude is an attitude. It's not an emotion. You may feel it sometimes, but that's not the real thing. Gratitude is not an emotion. It's an attitude. It's a choice. My goal is that maybe this Thanksgiving we can rescue and take back the principle of being thankful and grateful from how we feel and once again root it in the revealed word of God and the revealed truth about God and what Jesus has done for us. God's word teaches us to be thankful because it is not instinctive. It is not natural. It's a choice. Worship is a choice based on what's true. God is good. God is sovereign. He is working in all things. He's working out everything. He has a plan. We can trust him. We can always be thankful because God will always be faithful. The cross proves that to you. Jesus ensures that to us all. We never have to question this. His love, his mercy, his power endure forever. Be thankful because God is faithful. When we make this an attitude, we'll begin to live a lifestyle, a life where thankfulness is in what we do. We'll get to that next week. But that's what David is saying in verse 7 and 8. Even when we've got our hands full, we can be thankful because God will be faithful. Maybe today we can reclaim the true spirit of thanksgiving. Begin to understand the opportunity every single day gives us to have a full heart. It begins with being thankful. It begins with remembering every single day that God is good, God is sovereign. That in him is hope and peace. Therefore, in me will be a heart of praise. In him is hope and peace. In me will be a heart of praise, whether I feel like it or not. Because God is constant. He is good. He is Lord. Maybe you'd like to adopt a new attitude today. I'd love to say everybody's going to feel good always, every day, no matter what. But that's not true. But everyone can adopt this attitude of gratitude, root and ground it in God's word, God's truth, which reminds us his track record. God is faithful even when we don't feel good or secure. He is good. He is sovereign. So why don't we just say it out loud? Thank you, Lord. Maybe that's what's missing for every single day of your life. Say it out loud, early, often, 
again and again. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Number one, for your word not leaving us vulnerable and at risk of the enemy who is lying in wait to tear us down and deceive us and to hold hostage our help that you give us. Thank you for your word that nudges us, compels us, and shows us that you are good and you are sovereign no matter what. Lord, there is hope, there is peace, there is strength in you that can be in us if we just begin to say those simple words. Thank you, Lord. No matter what we're facing, no matter how we feel, thank you, Lord. God, I pray you would bring a breakthrough in the hearts of your people this Thanksgiving season. Lord, would you restore and reclaim what it means to be thankful in our hearts that we might find the strength and the help and the grace that you promise we can have if we just say those simple words. Thank you, Lord, because you're good, you're sovereign, your mercy endures forever. Lord, somebody today might want to adopt a new attitude, a new approach, and it begins by saying those words, surrendering to your plan, trusting that you have proven your goodness, you've proven your power. Would you give their heart comfort today and would you give all of us a new attitude to say thank you? Let's, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.